The following podcast contains mature language and adult discussion. This week on Kayfabe, stories you're not supposed to hear. Well, you go on the road for a weekend, you maybe make $500. And, that, that, and you have to pay for your travel and your staying. So you're losing money for the opportunity to do this. All right, back again, coming to you from the great sequester of 2019, 2020. Jesus Christ, where am I? God damn. The great sequester of 2020. Yet another podcast. Yet another time to talk. You know what? I, God, I, I so would prefer not to talk about this fucking thing. It's all you see and hear. Enough already. Enough. There's got to be some escapism here. But guess what, man? I, I'm... I, I don't have the coronavirus, okay? Um, I've, I've known people that, that did, and they're okay. And I know of people uh, that are not. And um, so it's a serious thing. Guess what? You're in the wrong fucking place if we're going to have some serious talk about coronavirus. Plenty of places you can go out there to have the depressing news and all that shit. But I'm gonna, let me just tell you something from my perspective. This is my perspective. I'm not living anyone else's life. But I'm assuming that you're here because you want my perspective and what's going on with me and the little musings that come to mind and the things that I have to tell you about that I feel are imperative and you probably laugh at and think I'm an asshole. That's fine. If this is the end of the world, to quote Michael Stipe, I feel fine, okay? I'm kind of in the Larry David camp here. What's with all this going out all the time? I am fine with a little bit of the sequester. I'm fine locking down a little bit. Look, would I love the freedom to go to a restaurant? I absolutely would. I would like to go out and sit down and eat. I'm trying to think what else I miss. I can't really think of much. Uh, going for a walk. I, I can go for walks. I can go for walks now. I've gone for walks. Okay. Um, everybody with the going out already. This, hopefully this is giving people an appreciation for all the things you can get done at home. So, and the, and listen, the social distancing, this is a gift. These people should have been told this a long time ago. Please be at least six feet from me at all times. Nobody needs to be closer, and that's what we're seeing. We're functioning in society uh, with this social distancing. You don't need to be up my ass. So what, what are some of the good things that have come out of this? Everyone's focused on the bad. We get the numbers every day. You know, you know, how many? 700 died overnight. You know. How about this? How about this statistic? Let's talk about some of the things that came out of this that were great. First, first and foremost, curbside pickup. The, I, I hope that this... They plan to do this beyond the coronavirus and the great sequester of 2020. You put, you, let's take Target. Let's just pull the first store that came to mind that's near me here at the bunker at, at, uh, at Alleyland South Target. You go on the app. You fill out the gimmicks that you want. They say, let me know when you're coming. You hit the button. Tell them what kind of car you got. You pull into the parking lot. You don't even have to do anything. You pull into the parking lot, and via GPS, it notifies somebody inside that you're here. And one of these kids, I'm telling you, one of these kids is walking out 
with the stuff as I pull up. I pop my trunk, they throw it in the trunk and close it and I drive off. I, do, I can have as much or as little interaction with the individual as possible. This curbside thing's got to stay. Now, I know up by me in the city, look, being down here for four or five weeks, I love palm trees, but I love it as a getaway. I'm a city guy, and I miss part of what, is, what goes on up north. But what I'm talking about now is not something I miss that goes on up north. You know what I'm talking about, right? When you go to the counter at Target, and you're made to feel that you're interrupting the bitch that's standing there to ring you up. I don't know where you get this. I don't know. I, I'm not, I, you know that fucking attitude. I don't need that. I don't need to go back to that. But that's what's going to happen in the city. But hopefully, see if I could curbside that bitch. I don't even fucking walk in and deal with it. So that's kind of the fantasy a little bit, that I could go back up to the city and do some of this curtsy, but it's just so dense and everybody's on top of each other. It couldn't be people screaming about where they pulled up in front of target. And, you know, the kids kind of sprint to your car here. They're a little excited and, you know, up by me in the city for you. They'll be dragging ass. Standing like, Whoa, I'm tired. What? What? All right. So I said, uh, curbside social distancing, People need to be six feet away always, all the time anyway. And hopefully that stays a little bit. How about some forced reflection? Have you thought about anything other than, you know, maybe you want to kill the person that you're in the house with 24-7 for the last five weeks? Um, Anything actionable that wouldn't get you landed in in jail, maybe? Thought about something to write, a book, a song? I mean, there should be an explosion of art coming out of this sequester. I mean, just, well, I guess that's not reflection, though, right? Yeah, so, but, but still, there should be an explosion of art to come out of this time. With all the time people have, you've separated the working artists for the lazy fucks that call themselves an artist and just want to lay around. They're given the opportunity to have a lot of free time to create. You know, they fucking packed a few bowls and watched Arrested Development on Netflix, you know, I mean I went through 30 Rock, I did the whole 30 Rock in the last few weeks with my wife, that was enjoyable um I didn't meditate as much, I I did get up a couple of days and sit outside before everyone was up in the back and meditate made a promise that I would not I would only fill myself through the day. I would not. Um, I would not have the phone. I would not look at news. Um, I would only do things. And you know what? That one-way plan didn't work. That was that was done by about lunch. But I wanted to. Did you do yoga? Something like that. Could do something, right? Even maybe you just exponentially added to the basement pound off time that is probably uh, you know in in the in maybe double digits a day but listen you did something you tended to yourself you tended to yourself more than you would have what percentage of this country used this time productively i would I, I'm, I would love to know we're seeing all these statistics about illness and about which places are open and who should stay shut and what 
people should do and blah, blah. I want to know what percentage of this fucking country used this time productively. I did. I did. I've been writing. Um, I, I uh, reading, you know, I was able to do some curbside pickup at a, a local bookstore down here in Florida. They read down here in some, some of the cities. It's still kind of a backward state, man. It, it, it is still the South in, in, in many ways, and I don't mean that to, uh, to do anything but insult the, the South and uh, the fucking guns and the, you know, do like puppets follow whatever the particular politician that they love says. But I digress. The puppetry of the people still goes on in much of Florida. But I was able to read. I was able to write. Got a lot done. Being productive. Spent a lot of time with the kids, you know. So I'd love to know what you did. If it was something ridiculous, the sillier, the better. Um, Photos of your silliness, please share them. Put pictures on Twitter. At P is the podcast. I'm at Kayfabe Sean. And, uh, and it can't be stressed enough. Our patrons, our wonderful patrons, patreon.com slash Kayfabe podcast. Um, you're an exclusive group. You're keeping it going. And I'm keeping it going. So photos of what you did. The more ridiculous, the better. Unless you're one of those pound off in the basement, guys. I, I, I don't need the pictures of you. The KC Vault. Want to see all of Kayfabe Commentary's content? It's all going to be up there. There's in the hundreds of hours of programming already on the KC Vault. $14.95 a month. One price to watch all of our content. These shows were 20 bucks a piece just a few years ago on DVD. A la carte. Now, you've got like, I think there's like 90 full-length programs of Kayfabe commentaries on there for one low price a month. Watch them as many times as you want. And you should. People tell me they watch some of our timelines three and four times. Watch their favorite years again and again. KC Vault. Go to kcvault.pivotshare.com kcvault.pivotshare.com Sign up. Join the revolution. We changed it all. Kayfabe Commandos stormed the Bastille and uh, and changed things. CaseyVault.PivotShare.com My guest today is someone who was invited on because you guys said he should. And you know what? He should. He should. I had to agree. James Pietragallo, nice Jewish name, first of all. I'm going to... Uh, <laughs> it is. It's an old Hebrew Hebrew name from there lots, way back in the day. Lots of satyrs uh, we can talk about on air. <laughs> Listen, uh, what are you doing for the pandemic? Sure. Yeah, we usually say, you know, what are you doing for Christmas? What, what are you doing for the pandemic? Well, for the pandemic, I am uh, holed up in my home right now in my in my bunker, actually, from my undisclosed basement location, trying not to die. Is what I'm doing. Where I'm are trying you? not to go outside. I'm in Phoenix, Arizona. Oh, why? So just, I it's I have no idea. I was I moved out here about 20 years ago, and I'm still wondering why. 
and I'm stuck here now. I good. have two kids and I can't move. It's good for comedy, probably, right? Uh, no, it's terrible for comedy, actually. It's awful. Uh, terrible place for it. Close to L.A., but that's useless also. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's rough. There's got to be good it's, cities it's and bad. bad cities, right? Good cities and bad cities for crowds. What, what are the notoriously good cities in your experience? What are the bad cities? The worse the town, the better the crowd. That's the that's the the rule. So you go to like Milwaukee, amazing crowd, great, because that town sucks. So the crowd's amazing. If you go to Salt Lake City, it's a nightmare. But the people are dying to laugh at you know at horrible things because they can't even buy real alcohol. And they so, get, and they get places it. like that. And they get it. Like when- oh yeah. Wherever you are, there's a pocket of people who hate where they are. <laughs> so, like, even if you're in, like, the most conservative place that doesn't like comedy or wouldn't like things that are dirty, like Salt Lake City, like a Mormon town, they, there's a pocket of people who aren't that way, and they just want someone to make fun of it so bad, and they just can't wait to hear it. So that those are usually the best towns. You, you know, you're a wrestling fan, so I guess you qualify, right, in, in my guests here that uh... – they can kind of talk about things on two tracks here. So let's let's do the douche thing and use wrestling terms uh, f- to apply Love to it. another. Uh, you know how you get the the cheap heat when you you, you know you yeah your Cardinals oh, suck. Yeah. You walk out in the jersey oh, right yeah. if you're a wrestler. Is, is that is is fucking with the city Give it up for the troops for a kind? Yeah, yeah. Is fucking with the <laughs> with the city seen as the same in the comic? Like would Seinfeld say to you? Yeah, you went for that St. Louis stuff pretty early. You know, like is it the same? No, it's weird. If you have something, an original, it's like every comic gets into town and they see something weird. And so what they'll do is like a headliner will get in. They'll always ask their opener, like, what the hell's up with this? What's up with this weird thing in town? And then they'll, they'll, they're writing a joke about it because that's the easiest way. A lot of times that'll be the easiest way to ease in, especially if you have an hour. If you're a headliner, yeah. you want to ease into the crowd. You're like, hey, look at you guys. And then you'll make fun of the town. Like I saw Seinfeld in Phoenix years ago, and he talked about how everything here was just shades of tan. He did about 10 minutes on just the shades of Phoenix colors because it's it just is what it is. Yeah, And yet that's OK. Like Bobby the Brain talking yeah. about Phoenix sucking is looked upon uh, with frowning yep. eyes, yet yet it's OK yeah. as a comic. Yeah. If the Dudleys came out in ECW and were screaming, this place sucks and you fucking people are pieces of shit, like that's considered cheap heat. But like literally Jerry Seinfeld could come out and go, oh, this place stinks. Why is everything beige? It's so hot. Jeez, what's the deal with that? And everybody's laughing their asses off. I don't. And even the comics, it's like it's okay. We get it. We all get like, yeah, you know, we you have to tell that opening joke. To make I don't know what it is. It's like it's like you're an East Coast guy. East Coast guys, when you get to know people, you start breaking balls to see where they are, you know, to see how well how well they are going to take that sort of shit, you know. Right. So I feel like it's the same thing. It's the crowds going, oh, we have a sense of humor. You can break our balls, and you know, it's our way of making friends. It's so pretty. they like it. So they like it. They like it. They yeah. love it. Oh, they love it when you trash their city. That's the I I, I whenever we do our tours with the podcast, the live tours, I. I thoroughly trash just about every city we're in. Uh, I'm just I'm notorious for it just because I pretty much hate it everywhere. There's like two nice cities in the entire country as far as like to visit and to look at and the weather. Let's be realistic here. It's like, you know, San Diego's nice. San Francisco's nice. Portland's okay if you get it the right time of year. And the rest of the place is a shithole. Some of the places with better pizza. That's the, the only difference. Have you worked in every state, would you say? Uh, uh, not every state. We've missed the the Montanas and the South Dakotas and that sort of thing. But we're all the major markets we hit. And even in between, too, I mean, we'll get, you know, Omaha and places like that, too. And, but by your you logic, that those should be the winning cities. 
right? Those are they are Montana, uh, Montana. You should get out there. Yeah, uh, yeah, we should. Except it's hard to draw a crowd because there's no central location. So it's like you got to really, they got you got to. They have to come from all corners. So it's it's if you're trying to draw a thousand people, there's not a lot of places in Montana you can really pull together a thousand people. Unfortunately, it's like the Spinal Tap puppet show and Spinal Tap. <laughs> That's fine, exactly. Listen, we joked about the pandemic for a minute, but it, I'm not wrong in saying comedians see opportunity in, in things like this, right? Because, but by nature, you've got us. I did stand-up comedy in high school and college and had a terrible experience in college oh. and said, you know what, fuck All this. Right. Who would do this for, for a living? They didn't tell me the show. You, I, I signed up. I didn't know you, it was a black on, show. I walked been out. been on stage was, once. No. <laughs> yeah, well, I did it successfully s- several times, and then I walk. I was between like a gospel act and a rap act, and I hadn't seen any of the show on before <laughs> me. I walked out, and it was just like eyes and teeth, like the, all the Perfect. all the everything. You've probably been there, but oh yeah, everything I had, is I had, they, fodder. They said they were going to kill a gold retriever once before I went out. <laughs> well, I, I they did I a sacrifice. Follow- I'm sorry to interrupt. I went out following. Uh, I went out at. Uh, Razor one time for a, a school and they were auctioning off golden retriever puppies and they got like seven of them auctioned off and then the last one nobody wanted and so the guy literally said if no one takes this puppy I can't be held responsible for what may happen to it no one took it and he shrugged and went alright here's your comedian and oh. brought me out and there was children crying and sobbing and mothers consoling them and I'm like how's it going I bet you remember right the opening joke though right uh, uh, the opening joke was somebody buy that buy that goddamn puppy was literally what I said. It, uh, brilliant. That's the only, the only thing you could say. Written months ago, probably. But listen, Yo, it, it's, it. there's it's opportunity in this, right? Because you, by nature, comedians have to sit and they've got to put everything through that machine. You know, like when you're sitting around and, and you you know you're looking at a nail hole on the wall and you're like, well, I could you know maybe something about a nail hole. You know, everything gets put through the machine. And like, does anything yeah. get spit out? Nah, nah, nothing with the nail hole. A fucking yeah. a famine, a pandemic, an assassination. Unbelievable. It's nice. Only problem is for the normally that's very true. But like in this particular case, the problem is every comedian on earth, since none of us can perform anywhere, every comedian on earth is sitting in their houses. And they have nothing else to talk about except Tiger King and the pandemic. Uh. So that when this whenever this breaks, you're just going to see don't see comedy for like two months. Actually, go see it. Support the staffs. But be in for a lot of jokes about sitting in your house and doing shit yeah. because that's all we're going to we're going to have for a while. You got so to go the other like, way. Okay, what, what else is happening? Yeah, you, you got to go, go the, the other, other way. way. Yeah. You know what? Green screen okay. in a fucking supermarket, a stadium, like packed, <laughs> packed places. Yeah. And never sell it. Just fucking be like, yeah, I'm at the supermarket today. I was talking to some old lady. Like the, <laughs> the crowd, like a Wuhan uh, wet market behind you. Yeah. <laughs> Just um, the bats hanging over. Exactly. Pangolins or whatever the hell those things I are. I got to talk to you about the podcast game. You got into it early. You're, you're, you're 600 shows you've done. And I just, what prompted you, what lit the way? Which What said this is a viable use of my energy? It wasn't the money. So okay. how did you know? Yeah, No, not at first. Uh, well, honestly, it was frustration. It was frustration. I've been a, I was an early adopter of listening to podcasts. I listened to like you know Adam Carolla when he first started doing podcasts in like '07. I listened to Cornette when he was trying to do podcasts in like '09 when it sounded like it was in a tin can, and uh, that was terrible. But uh, you know I've I've been I was always up on podcasts, and I like sports and I like crime stuff and I like criminal athletes because it's hysterical to watch somebody have everything and be like Nah, I'm good. 
I think I'll just throw it all away and who cares? Uh, to me, that's fascinating. Because to me, if, I, I'm, if I'm the type of guy, if I'm at a casino and I put a dollar in a slot machine and I win 20, I leave the casino. Right. I'm like, I, I'm up $19, end of the ball game. I'm not like taking any risks. Whereas a lot of these, a lot of these people are like, well, now I'm going to bet the whole 20 and see if I can borrow 20 more because that worked mm. the first time. So I, I don't know. It's a, it's a different sort of thing. But podcasting, we were frustrated, me and my partner, Jimmy Wisman. We were both uh, comics and we were both playing the game of getting into comedy clubs. There's a lot of different ways to get into comedy, but the basic way is you do a bunch of open mics and get shit together. As you know, you've done the, the game and then you try to get into clubs. Basically, you try to crack the, you know, the, the bookers of the clubs to start getting you into host shows and then feature eventually headline. So basically the way it is, is you're in and you're when you're a host, I always say that wrestling and comedy are excessively similar. Like besides the physical stuff, it, they're exactly the same thing. The travel, uh, the way the game is, it's they're both carrot danglers. That's it's a carrot dangling industry where you're the industry runs a lot on people who make no money and and and, and hustle to for the opportunity to make no money. It's it's a weird thing. Yeah. If you host a comedy show, you make fifty dollars. If you're the middle act, you're, you make a hundred dollars for a show. Mm. So let's say you go on the you go on the road. We were at a point where we were features, and we were our next step was to go on the road with a headliner, both of us. And we were looking at it as well, you go on the road for a weekend, you maybe make five hundred dollars, and that that and then you have to pay for your travel and your staying. So you're losing money for the opportunity to do this. I'm not a kid, I'm not 22 years old. Neither of us are doing that anymore. We said we have to figure out a way to make an audience come to us so we don't have to go you know, spend the next 10 years making $100 a show. And we said maybe a podcast will do it. Maybe we can draw them in that way. And it seems to have worked. It's really weird. I don't understand. Yeah. It's the first thing I've ever done that's worked. So I like it. Now, what was the first, the first one you did? Was a crime, well, crime and sports? sports. Was. Okay. Yeah, we did that. We started that first. That was my. I had that idea for like three years. Like I just wanted. To, I wanted somebody to make fun of these people, and nobody would do it. So, you know, I'm like, well, I have to do it myself then. Right. Let's get in there. And so, yeah. the, what happens is, uh, you start to build a. You're an early adopter, right? So, so you start to build a follow a following. Your show is so well produced. I have. To, I got to lather your ass for a few minutes. Your show oh, is so well, so well produced and so well researched, and you have you have a great voice. We don't deserve it. Okay, I'm serious about it. The <laughs> the podcast world doesn't deserve it because you listen That's to the things that sad. have some of the highest listenerships, the highest subscribers and downloads, and it's abject dog shit. And so, and people always say, it, and people always go, well, well, it's democratized. It's supposed to be guys in the basement. That's what a podcast is. You want to listen to radio? Go listen to the radio. You know, you don't need transitions, yeah. like all this stuff. So, like, I, I just think that you should stop because nobody deserves this. <laughs> That's, I appreciate that, man. And honestly, if I'm going to lather your balls for a moment, you ahead, I please. feel the same way about what you guys do. I really do. Uh, the, what you guys have been producing for years, because obviously I've watched all of your stuff pretty much and a lot of it for crime and sports. You guys, there's always something from KC that corresponds with crime and sports. Yeah, it, we a, seem to research <laughs> subject. It always works. And so and I always pass that along to the audience. But you guys do the same thing in, in, a, in a wasteland. You guys were like, let's let's not be terrible. 
You know what I mean? Let's try. And what, what a mistake. And what a mistake. Let's put a light up. What a mistake. Yeah, let's let's put a light up. Let's put a top and sit next to this guy and try to act like a professional interviewer. You know what I mean? Like that was amazing. What a revelation. And uh, uh, simple as it sounds, you guys changed the game and congratulations. And people and it was like we dropped it was like we dropped a a a a river in the desert when it happened. It was like the oasis. It was Yeah. And and I'm I'm like guys, it wasn't it wasn't all thought out. It you know, I was a film school geek, so anything we were going to do was going to look right and sound right and all that stuff. So, mm-hmm. but once you delivered that, and to, but now, it's it my friend, it has come full circle. We are back to people just putting up stuff for free on YouTube yep. for, for the eleven dollars that AdSense gives you at the end of the month, and. Ugh. And that's it. And and it's back to the head on the platter, the one shot. You know, nobody having yep. a conversation. We're reading a list of questions. Start so, from the beginning uh, in time. Go through the chronology. It's, it's, it's terrible. All, it's, it's 2001. Yeah. The, no, monolith, it's, the monolith is there. But, um, but you know what? The, you, you have a point. It's like it's always the, the effort that you put in to make something more palatable for a fan, a listener, a viewer, whatever your, yeah. your game is is invisible to the viewer mm-hmm. or the listener. So it's never noticed. But when you're in the game That's and true. you listen to something like Crime and Sports and then you listen to Joe Fungle's podcast, which has you know 65,000 downloads a day, you you go, God damn it. Well, you know, doesn't this count? Doesn't all this matter? So I, so I just wonder. I wonder if it really does. Oh, well, thank you. No, I, well, the writing part, I, I come from, I made films before, too. So I oh, come, I'm sorry I to hear that. Plays. I'm sorry to hear that, too. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. It, yeah it's, it's one of those things. So I wrote screenplays, so I see things in a story. I want there to be a story, and, and there has to be a beginning and an end, and you tell it the right way, and if you're missing a gap, well, then your, your story sucks. So I try to fill it in that way. Plus, what we do is... We're trying to be ourselves as comics, so we'll we'll say just about anything, you know, short of being complete assholes. We'll say just about anything that we think is funny, and and you know, we try to be ourselves on the, on the podcast. So that's I figure in order to be able to do that, the research has to be like beyond reproach, basically. If I had shit, had shit research and then we were making dumb jokes, people could get mad at us for that. But if that's really solid, then you can say, hey, all that information's solid. I'll joke about it however I want. And it just, for me, it makes me more comfortable that way. Well, you, and I like to be prepared. You came at it from, from uh, a want for professionalism, right? You're you know, a writer, so yeah. everything has to be well written. I, my business partner, Anthony, who, who wrote all the shows, I, I found somebody with a, with a wonderful case of obsessive compulsive disorder where he, it was, uh, he would have died <laughs> rather than have an episode of Timeline not report something that happened on May 23rd, 1978. If it I got released it. and he didn't have that detail, if it was three hours long and he didn't have the detail about yeah. May 23rd, he would have killed himself. Somebody's going to say it. And that's the thing is that really got me into the research on crime and sports. The most was our first wrestling episode. First wrestling episode we did was uh, was Jimmy Snuka. And I I sat down with it and I, okay, like I'm a wrestling fan, so I know how the wrestling fans are. And they're looking for you to fuck one detail up so they can jump on you. And be like, no, you messed that up. It was actually this and that, and the, like they love doing that shit. They're yeah, it's their thing, and they're nerds oh, about yeah. it. And I, I get it. Cause I'm right there with them, so it's fine. I, I have to be on point. Like I know if I sound like I don't know what I'm talking about, no wrestling fans will ever listen to the show again. 
So like I knew that but I really put it in. And then from then on, it was just addictive to have all the details and be really from then on. The research was just I've been obsessed with it. And and it's weird because I'm not a good student. Like I'm not a person. I've, I didn't go to college. I've never written a, a paper, a thesis. I avoided that in high school. I never did my homework. I'm a terrible student, you know, so this is a totally new thing for me to to be this on top of shit. It's weird. Well, you're a student of the things that are important to you, and, and we're all good students of the things exactly. that are important. Unfortunately, for, for many people, it's hammering off in a basement, you know, and hiding the body. But uh, <laughs> but as long as you're proficient at your, at your interest and you put in the time, uh, then that's fine. It doesn't have to be term papers. Listen, while I got you here, I think yeah. I've always wanted to – there's gotten – Nobody's come up with like the the Magna Carta for for podcasts. Like no, the 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 Constitution for podcasts, it's too it's way too open ended. So I thought we should at least get some ground rules. Do you think uh, there must be pet peeves you have? Yes. About those. So let's at least try to put out a few. I've jotted some down. If you could just give me a thumbs up, thumbs down, might work, might not work. Got it. From your professional. Opinion. Oh, I'd love to. All right. So the, this is wonderful. I love the first one. No more than two hosts. If a third fucking person comes, it's yes. over. It's over. Unless one person is a very, spe- like a kicker, like very specialized. Like they say five words and they're like the, the but most of the time, yes. If two people, if everyone's going to talk an equal amount, it's got to be two people. Exactly. You can't have it. Exactly. And, and, all, and Unless one person's a specialty. And I don't know why it happens, but uh, very with very few exceptions, all the podcasts with multiple hosts, more than two when I say multiple, they all have the same voice. I don't know how they do it. They find people that sound time. exactly like each other, and I don't know who the fuck is talking. And and it they're all supposed to have episodes. these identities that I'm supposed to know, but I don't. <laughs> oh, that's that's Bill. He loves birds. Okay, I forgot. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, yeah but if I, you I say I that, I understand why they do that. If you say that every time, it's okay. But now I'm supposed to know Bill's voice every week with the bird comment, and I yeah, just I can't. I don't have time. Yeah, yeah. You're like, is that Bill? Is that he guy, the bird guy? Okay, that's what it takes. It's. I don't understand. What do you got next? John? So you'll do that one that that one we can put on that, yeah, that, on I'm, the list. I'm, I'm checking off on that unless you have somebody, like I said, who's like a news person or a pop in or something like that. But everybody talking equal, equal ground two two or more, two or less. That's it. Perfect. I'm in. Uh, number two, I, I thought they can't be friends in real life. Because inevitably, all this inside shit about what happened last week at the restaurant comes up and we're going to get half the story. Because they don't have to explain it to each unless, other. Yeah. You get that? Unless they're professionals. Unless they're profe- Like, I have to say, my, me and my partner were best friends before we started. And we took our phone conversations and moved them to the, uh, moved them to the, to the podcast. But we, we, know, we know there's a... We're comics. We know there's a stage and then there's off stage, And we don't bring backstage onto stage. You know what I mean? Like, it's a different story. Well, now maybe- we joke off the mic. Joke on the mic are different. Maybe it would have been better if you weren't. Maybe it would have been better. I mean, you have a good show. Maybe maybe it would have been better. That's that's a good point. We could be doing so much better now. Shit, damn it! All right, Jimmy, you're off the show. I was gonna write one. That's listen. I I'm gonna try to be as sensitive as I can here. I listened to a podcast (laughs) where both the hosts. I'm not lying. Both the hosts had speech impediments. Okay. Yeah, Yeah. No. You know what? This is entertainment. God damn it. If you can't speak right, then you can't you can't do this. I thought you can't that. be a news anchor. You have James, a crossed eye. You know what I'm saying? James, I thought that. But then as I listened to the show, I changed the rule. <laughs> Only speech impediment 
should host podcasts. <laughs> now I'm on board. Think now about I'm on that. board just for our entertainment. That could Think be amazing. I would I would love a serious political discussion with like five people all with speech impediments. <laughs> like really taking it seriously though. Talking about body bags and, and ventilators and shit. That would be amazing. <laughs> I, would, I would piss myself. But we have so many successful ones out there like yours. If we don't want to lose shows like yours, at least now let's modify the rule that you you have to choose a host with a speech impediment. You could still host it, but yeah, you have I, to have a co-host. Grand, we can grandfather everybody else in and who's been out there. But from now on, only speech impediments. Get it together, everybody. Yeah, I only have one more. I only have one more. Then we can go through some of yours that you've uh, come across in, in your experiences in the podcast world. Yeah. If it takes you more than 15 seconds to intro me into your fucking show, you shouldn't have one. I don't need to be greeted uh, yeah. for more than 10 seconds, 15 seconds. You need to be. I am listening to you with 65 more podcasts unlistened on my fucking gimmick that morning. And I've already had to listen to your song for five seconds. You know, now now you're going to come on mm-hmm. and give me the welcome and welcome and welcome the guest. And did you have a good 15 seconds? I'm off. I'm skipping and hitting the plus 30. Are you? Absolutely. Yes. And even on, even on my own show, it's the same way. I agree completely. And even on our show, we'll do like three minutes of house cleaning up front. And I, I know I know nothing but the crazy hardcore are sitting through that and yep. it's just thanks for this thanks for that thanks for patreon here we go you know what i mean but you have to have a, a structure that's the thing with us you know like small town murder crime and sports is different we talk for like a minute about thanks for patreon or whatever and then we're right in the game small town murder five minutes exactly that's when your town's town facts are starting 30 minutes is when your murder starts and then it goes on from there structure is important there's one of my first commandments is structure Excellent. good just like in a screenplay there's a reason why every time you watch a movie, everybody out there, watch the counter. Watch the counter of time. Watch it exactly 20 minutes, something will happen on the screen. That's called a plot point, everybody. Every single movie that's ever made has something happen at exactly 20 minutes because that's the structure that works. And it's the same thing in podcasts. There is a structure. Whatever your structure is, it's flexible, but you have to make one. It can't just be a sloppy, willy-nilly, thrown-against-the-wall thing. And that goes for everything. That goes for length of show, show, release days, uh, times, consistency of subject, everything. I I feel like it's, it's all, it all counts. I don't like I, you have an interview show and I don't know how I feel so bad for someone like you because you must stress every week about who that now, what am I going to do? I got to have this person on. Do I do a variety? Do I need like a different type of guest? Is that stressful for you? I I don't care about any of this. So no, uh, but (laughs) But in the beginning, Perfect. in the beginning, in the beginning, when I thought yeah. like that this would be something special, I, I, I did go, okay, I want to, the show, it's called Kayfabe, Stories You're Not Supposed to Hear. So it does not have to just be wrestlers. Of Perfect. course, I have to draw from my, you know, from where I come. So we're going to start with that but then we have to drop other folks in slowly throughout so then there was the formula there was the okay i had the guy that wrote the book about the cocaine cowboy about the uh about miami's drug scene uh and we said so i can't follow that up with i i need a wrestler to bring those people back i need brian blair to bring everyone back home you know and then maybe then we'll go with the assassin's son 
so there was that I get it that mentality but as you see I, I saw your post uh, uh, somebody posted that you I listened to your show yesterday two days ago I was like oh great let's get to uh, call, uh, texted you uh, DM'd you and that was it and you're on so I, I think yeah, the more I think about it I think I used to be maniacal with kayfabe commentaries I should I should say there was I had my release yeah. schedule up not unlike like a TV grid and I tried mm-hmm. to assign point values to show I, I mean I really I was crazy the reason <laughs> The reason any company grosses a quarter of a million dollars a year by just interviewing wrestlers on DVD is because yeah. you have a maniac at the helm. And, and, and I did think there was a way to scientifically approach uh, someone who likes to laugh about wrestling with a U-shoot, somebody who wants history with a timeline. Ooh, this timeline is 97. All right, let's follow that up with something a little more current. So, so like within a month, if there were... Uh, if, two or three releases that it, it touched all points. So yeah, I, I understand yeah. what you're saying. But in the podcast and, world, people say that, that that's it's unnecessary, that it, it shouldn't have all that uh, all that thought put into it. But we all think week to week. Everybody's if you if you're starting a podcast, don't look at it for six months. Do it for six months with your head down and then look back at it. Now that said, no one's gonna fucking do that because that's impossible and ridiculous. You're gonna worry about it day to day and week to week. That's not the healthy thing to do or even the best thing for business, but that's exactly what everybody's gonna do. Mm. You can't help it. And you have to be a maniac. There's a reason why when you guys had a new release, I would always watch it. And if anyone else had a new release, I wouldn't know about it because I didn't care what the hell they did because mm. they were garbage. There's a reason for that because when something's good, you look for it. And that's right. what we always wanted to do. We wanted to be the best at what we did. And I got to ask you now, have you been able with your podcast, have you been able to pull in an outside wrestling audience? Have you been able to pull in female listeners and that sort of thing out of that? It's, you know, I always thought that um, with kayfabe commentaries, what we what we did was we took something that all the other companies uh, that ha- featured the traditional shoot interview, people bought it based on who the guest was. So when we yeah. did the formatting, the timelines, the you shoots, I wanted people to buy the show. Like nobody goes, well, who's the guest star on Law & Order this week? I'll decide whether I want to watch it. You're a fan <laughs> of the sensibility of the show. You know what it sounds like. There's the familiarity of the music. It's lit a certain way. Oh. It's just... Oh, it's Crispin Glover. Get, right. I'm, so I'll pass this week. <laughs> yeah. Um, but... But so and that and that succeeded. So here I'm like, well, fuck, like it's just yeah. me. So it, do I really? Am I audacious enough to say uh, people will buy in me? Uh, you know, the Messiah. Yeah. Uh, and and um and and who cares who the guest is? So you know, I, I blew myself a little bit to think maybe that maybe people would follow me along no matter what. And that kind of happens because I've I always like the tweets that say. You know, didn't think I was going to listen this week because I didn't know. I know, like, I don't listen to Howard Stern, but this, like, Howard Stern mole insider that you had was, like, the most interesting show you've had. So what I find happening is not that any 24-year-old hot model listens, but it's the other way. The sweaty, hairy guy with his hand on his beach um, listens to the stuff that uh, the people that I bring in the door that are not wrestling related. So I'm okay. I'm culturing the unwashed. Yeah. See, that's that's weird. See, like with us, we we expected crime and sports to be like a, a like a mainly male audience, and it's a mostly female audience, which is super weird because 
well, I, I get tweets from all these women who they don't know who the hell, you know, they don't know who Chris Adams is when I do an episode. They don't know who Buck Zumhoff is or whatever, but they listen to it and then they're interested. <laughs> you know, what I mean? it's really weird. I don't understand. True crime, I guess maybe that's what it is. Any type of true crime. I've, I've listeners. talked about wrestling for, I don't know, 15 years professionally in front of cameras and microphones. I don't think there's been a Buck Zumhoff reference by anybody <laughs> until tonight. So props to you. That mad street hey, creds. I did a whole episode on him, for Christ's sake. Yeah, he was a bit of a depraved individual now. He was one of our worst people ever. That was the worst. He, like, groomed his own daughter. That was disgusting. Yeah. That was really bad stuff. Speaking of which, my Woody, Allen, my Woody Allen autobiography uh, come, arrives tomorrow uh, in, in my sequester oh. here. I am very excited to – just picking up on the Zoomhoff theme, um, I am excited to read I was going to say, between that and Zoomhoff, double feature, listen to the Zoomhoff episode, get a little of that. What's your wrestling fan history? What did you start watching? When? What era? Oh, da- all right. No, that's easy. I remember the first wrestling that I can remember that I saw was at a birthday party in kindergarten, uh, a sleepover birthday party in kindergarten. I think it was best of the WWF volume one, I believe, the <laughs> Coliseum video, the one with the Battle Royal from like 82 on it. Um, I think it was from like it was from like three years earlier. And all I remember is it was Greg the Hammer Valentine. Valentine lasted like this long time and he was bloody and he did like his, you know, tree fall bump that he does. Yeah. And as like a five-year-old, I was like, oh, my God, this is the coolest thing in the world. And then I missed it for a little while. And then I got back into it really in like 86, so early 86. I was about eight years old. Uh, the Rockers, the Midnight Rockers and Doug Summers and Playboy Buddy Rose yeah. was like the first feud I was hooked on. Like I was like jacked about that feud for some reason. And then uh, I, I watched AWA. It was on ESPN in New yes. York, as you remember, like yep. after school every day. So yeah. I'd see that. And uh, the, the Bachwinkle-Hennig feud was a huge deal to me. And then I really got into WWF after that, obviously. And kind of I was into everything, though. I'd get all the magazines and I'd find out, you know, oh, what's going on in Alabama? You know, I needed to know that sort of shit. I've always been like a glutton for information. We were much the same. I mean, that was the same story. I saw what was available on TV to me, and then the magazines with mm-hmm. the connection to the rest of the world. And then when cable came in, I was finally yeah. now starting to watch all the people that I would only see the the bloody photos of in the after mags. Now I could see world class on MSG and ESPN. Oh, it was exciting. And yeah, it was so cool. Um, so, the, so you grew up on the Vern product, but no, where'd you grow up? I grew up in New York. Oh, I so okay, in, like, all right. Yeah, but it was on ESPN every day, yeah. so that's why I would see it after school every day, and I got it. I got into that, and that just I was also into WWF as well. But that was more I don't know because it was on like every day after school. There was something yeah. about it that made it easier to get into, and then you'd have Saturday mornings with WWF, obviously, and and all that sort of sh- shit. And I got into obviously uh, you know Hulk Hogan. I was a big guy when I was little, but then I got into Piper a lot, and I started liking the heels when I was about eight. Like I figured out. Honky Tonk Man made me figure out that they were doing this shit on purpose when I was eight. I was like, I hate this guy. Why is this guy on all the time? Why is he the Intercontinental Champ? I remember being pissed off. And then he came out and his music was playing and he's singing along with it. And he says, thank you very much, everybody. Thank you so much. You're a beautiful crowd. You know what? I'm going to do that again for you. That's how good of a crowd you are. And they booed him and I went, oh, he's doing it on purpose. And it just the whole the light bulb went on. And, you know. Oh, I, I'm a comic, so I've always liked people who are being funny. I like Bobby Heenan, 
you know, and, and Piper and guys like that. I was just going to say, uh, what well, wasn't wasn't Piper the you know the irreverent stand up comic of the WWF? Basically, yeah. yeah. He was. He was just roasting. He was like Don Rickles of, of wrestling. Yeah. He'd just get people in there and shit on them. They didn't even know it was coming, and none of them had the the ability intellectually to come back at it, really. So everybody just stood there with that look on their face like, oh, no, what do I – I can't punch. What do I do? I have, I have no plan B other than punch. So I love that. I thought that was cool. Let's go to Twitter. Let's see. Uh, let's see. The, uh, the, tw- the Twitter world is, is ablaze. Uh, to ask you questions and uh let's see here all right it's always hard on the fly to pick the good ones because halfway through a question a lot of times you realize this blows ass like it was like that was like a you shoot thing yeah that was a you shoot thing you know i i pick one for whatever reason the person's name or i saw who was referenced and then halfway through i'm like i can't even believe i'm reading this um uh (laughs) Sean Smith would like to know, um, he said, supplemental question. Should we do a Kickstarter campaign to raise money for the Iron Sheik to humble shitstain? Is that a question for you? Yeah, it is. <laughs> I doubt it's for me. I, uh, yeah, why not? Sure. I don't know. <laughs> what the hell? It is. Are I, we talking about Brian Blair still? No, I think that oh, shitstain. Isn't that what Corny calls Russo? Oh, Russo! What does, does Sheik and Russo, Russo have a thing, or are we just pitting? No. A, a, you see, who I wants just, to I just someone? did it. That's perfect. I just did yeah. what I said. I, I fear doing. Um, I will start a Kickstarter to have Cornette and Russo. I'd like to see that. Or right, how about on Jim? John Wojnar uh, does ask one you can answer: favorite wrestler and wrestling figure, and also what's your favorite wrestling episode that you've done. All right, that's that's pretty easy. Favorite wrestlers, uh, there's a few of them, I have to say. Uh, number one, I mean, uh, so there's like a top three. Uh, Piper, Kurt Hennig, and Macho Man. Uh, I mean, and Randy Savage. I, I Maybe I'm biased, obviously, with the Northeast thing, but those guys had it all. They had, you know, they had the look. They could talk shit. I, two of them better than the other, but still, they could talk shit. They just, they had something. There's just something to them that I loved. And in the ring, too, they were fun. Piper's fights look like fights. You know, Piper's matches look like fights. My wife is 10 years younger than me. She'll watch, like, I'll make her watch old school wrestling. By the way, Sean, she said you're an excellent interviewer. She, oh, she'll that, even watch an old shoot interview. That's if, fine. If, you're inter- but if so, she watches wrestling at all, you just lost an incredible amount of points in my mind. She's, she insane. watches wrestling? She Old school wrestling. She'll Before she was born. Sean, it's Jeez. insane. She'll sit there and be like, yeah, let's watch that show, that house show from 85 MSG. And you're like, what? This is amazing. What the hell did I land into? But yeah, I, she'll watch that. And even she'll say like, you know, as from an outsider, she'll look in and go, wow, that Piper, that, the, when Piper fights, it looks like a real fight. You know, and right. I mean? like just someone looking in and I'm like, yeah, it does, doesn't it? That's why I liked him probably. And what was the other wrestling figure? Uh, well, I think they meant a figure in wrestling, like a manager or oh, like so. Uh, but but the part no, of the like question the that's interesting LJN. is oh, with the arms down, right? What, what the fuck so could the, you do with him? Terrible, terrible fighting. But I remember how I sold it to my mom to get it is that it was it was so heavy. I'm like, look at the it's like six dollars for like three pounds of rubber. That's a good deal. Yeah, and the she, per poundage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah she was like, I can't I can't argue with that. And she bought it for me. The part of the question, though, about your favorite wrestling episode. Wrestling episode. Uh, oh, man, it's so hard because, I mean, I love a, I love doing a guy like Jake the Snake. That doesn't sound good. I love doing a guy 
I like Jake the Snake, Sean. Right. Uh, Fortunately, I, I know wrestling, but because that statement alone, <laughs> if you don't know who Jake the Snake is, sounds unbelievable. <laughs> sounds wild. Uh, yeah, Jake, I love a guy like that who's got the long, epic journey and the the second generation type of thing. So I like that because then you could talk about Grizzly Smith and that disaster and right into Jake. So I'm going to have to. I think Jake's the best wrestling episode. That and Chris Adams, just because he's a he was a maniac. Is a goddamn menace. You know, I, I clarified this question from Sean Smith, so I should apologize. The beginning of the question, uh, has Jim Cornette or Vince Russo, you know what it is? All of our names are in blue together. Me, you, the uh, podcast, uh-huh. and there was Cornette and Russo in there. So he's saying, who would you rather see the Sheik uh, fuck in the ass? Uh, Cornette oh, or well, Russo? I guess Russo. I, I love Jim Cornette. Okay. I'm... I'm a comic, dude. Jim Cornette's right after my own heart because he's he just he goes on these crazy rants and you just got to love the guy. I'm sorry. He's one of those people. He's genuine and you're getting it right from his right from his asshole, not even his heart. It's down deeper. Right. From Jake, the asshole right up to the mouth. I, I love him. I did Jake the snake. I get it right from the asshole to the mouth. Let's just keep going. Right. Matthew Boyle. <laughs> James, how do you maintain your sanity with all the endless amounts of research for your episodes from the criminal cases themselves to town statistics? It seems daunting. It's a, it is a lot. Um, I'm in like a like a weird uh kind of a zombie schedule where I just, I know that I don't sleep for like four days a week. I just have to research and record and research and record. And then we're on the road a lot of the times, which makes it even worse. So I'm not holding up well, actually. It's it's killing me from the inside very slowly. So a uh, few more years tops and I'll be dead, everybody. Well, that Enjoy gives us, I'll give us a ton of material though. So don't, uh, don't <laughs> slow down. Um, found objects. Where does the host fit in the hierarchy of the comics uh, at a club? Oh, this is you just kind of mentioned that that he would be the yeah. lowest paid. Yeah, yeah. The host is the person. Yeah, they're they're barely considered a comic because you have to come out as a host and say, "How's it going, everybody? Welcome to Uncle Fucky's shithole hut." Thanks for coming. This is great. Fill out your comment cards. Hey, can't wait for two weeks from now when you know. Uh, when Dana Carvey will be in here cutting it up, playing the Chopping Broccoli song again from 30 years ago. Isn't that going to be fun? Awesome. Then once you get done with that shit, then you can tell five minutes of jokes if, you know, once you've lost all your credibility. And you get $50 for that, and it's miserable. And if you do that, see, I, I explained it on the on actually one of our podcasts. Basically, you have to be just, you have to be bad enough at that so they don't want you to host, but good enough so you can move up to feature. But is like, there I a skill? At, is it a skill yeah. to host? There's got to be something. It is. Yeah. It is. You have to be, you have to, you're the guy that they're seeing. So you have to come out, hey, everybody, how's it going? That's not me. I'm bad at that shit. So I'd come out, hey, how's it going? Yeah, your comment cards. I don't give a shit about that. And then I'd tell jokes that host jokes also in the be like, they're the beginning. So you don't want to have like heavy material or yelling and screaming or, you know, anything too much. So I would make sure to do that. So I would be a bad host purposely. But I, my comedy, I would try to make it so you try to put the pressure on the guy behind you. It's like any other business like that. You're, you're, you want to walk off stage and in your head be like, follow that, bitch. That's what you're thinking in your head. And you want them to not be able to follow that. So then you take their spot. That's how it works. That's why, like I said, it's just like wrestling. It's the same game. It's like wrestling, but wrestling and comedy, that, that is the intersection, right? Is that, is that perform, mm-hmm. the performance thing. But from a fan standpoint, like we did ring roasts. We, we produced three. I think they were the first 
roasts about wrestling. There have been subsequent yeah. ones, but we did the first ones, and we've, I'm glad you liked it. Uh, but we, what we yeah. found was that fans liked comedy. Wrestling fans like comedy, and they like wrestling. Yeah. They did not like r- comedy about wrestling. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I could see that, though. Yeah. They want to hear. Those are separate. This is church and state, I think, at that point for people. And you would think, weird. but on paper, this is one of those things that on paper, if, if I gave yeah. you the pitch and I went, up. look at these fans, their, their shelves are filled with episodes of Arrested Development, The Simpsons. Oh, this would be perfect right now that they're wrestling fans already. Let's get the Iron Sheik. Let's get Jim Cornette. Let's have comics come up and fuck with them and wrestlers get up and fuck with them. And the fans were just like, how yeah. dare you? Oh, yeah. Because they're not, it's weird. The wrestlers could say whatever they want, but then when the comics say something, they're like, hey, you're not in that. So <laughs> it's so it's such a weird thing. And the comics, the uh, first one I, we did, the first one we did, we, we had initially booked all the Howard Stern people, but then they got pulled out by Gary. So, um, so then we had to get Bob like, Bob Levy was involved in that. Yeah. Thing. Bob Levy was like spe- spearheading it. I've, I've worked with I've worked with him. He's a fucking maniac. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he would have <laughs> been, he would have been great, but they put, it, it wasn't his fault. Mm-hmm. They put pressure on him not to do it because Howard was doing all the roasts. But anyway, so we had yeah, to get like yeah. real comics. So we get, uh, Don Jameson and Mike Morse and great guys. But so after the show, you know, Scott Hall attacked, uh, Jimmy Graham and then, yeah. you know, the Iron Sheik smacked, uh, uh, Brian Blair. So after the show, everyone's kind of standing around and, and Don Jameson's there and someone turns to him and goes, well, well, how was it? Was it? What'd you think? He goes, it was a wrestling show. <laughs> and, and, you know, I realized exactly what he meant. He did not. He, he told jokes and was funny, but he told it at a wrestling show. Yeah, that's the thing. I get to That's anything you're if you did even or some comedy club or for comedy. It's like, well, it's not comedy. comics. Are very picky about that. Any environment joke in that's not the exact environment we're comfortable in we're like oh well it was this it's that you know what i mean ah well i was at, I was at a fundraiser what do you expect the lights were up right so, exactly we're always looking for a reason it was cold out something was it, was, it was freezing outside was out. the only people that came out were blood disorders they can't tell cold from the heat <laughs> james where can we find you uh where can we get you if we need a little more james pietragallo action this week where can we get you Let's see here. Uh, Crime and Sports every Tuesday, wherever you listen to pod. Small Town Murder, wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, PSD every Friday, wherever you listen to podcasts. That's one where we make fun of romantic comedy movies and tear them apart. What was that last one that the connection dropped out? What was the last show you just said? Uh, uh, P.S. I Hate the Movie. Oh, okay. It's a, it's a podcast I do with my with my wife, who she's a comedian, too. So uh, we do this and we rip apart romantic comedy movies. Just, uh, you know, obliterate them. I get really angry. And then live shows. Go to shutupandgivememurder.com. Full slate of live shows. Hopefully we'll be back on the road looking at, like, August. Uh, shows out there. New York for people. A lot of New York people I know listen to wrestling stuff. So uh, New York area. I think there's a few tickets left for Brooklyn for August 22nd or something. And all over the country. We're everywhere. we got full slate. This is a busy man and a good uh, yeah. watch. I'm going to put you instantly over. Watch this. And uh, you were great in Tiger King. <laughs> Perfect. All right, it was a good interview. A fun one. A fun one. It's Twitter time. I'm here, I'm here with my little one. Lana Oliver. That's you. Yeah, so you're going to help me with some Twitter questions here? Yes. The only issue is that you can't really read. Yes. 
So you see how that's a problem with the. Re- I asked my 14 year old also, of course, if she wanted to do this. She was like, Yeah, but um, yeah no. Yeah. So, you know, like, she's too cool, hmm. which is ridiculous. She wants to go outside. She, you know what, she though? Want to do that. Let me tell you something. I, I thought it would have been great if I, when I was a kid, if my parents had a podcast, <laughs> I would think that would be cool. Do you think that's cool? Yeah. Right. I guess it's cool. Yeah. See, that's why I hang with you. Because it's important that I, that I'm made to feel important. Okay. Yeah, and we all know you're making up a movie that's going to be on Netflix called Monkey. Oh, yeah, we'll talk about that later. We'll talk about that. The big surprise for people down the road. We'll yes. see. We shall see. Um, can we can we give this a shot? Yeah, of course. Okay. So uh, here, uh, why don't we do this one, Michael Schultz. Have you ever uh, considered considered remaking? Yeah. Some uh, of the timelines. Timelines. Series. Series to get get new perspectives. Perspectives on the same events. Events. Uh, yeah, good question. Actually, that that was exactly the plan. We would do, we would do, you know, one guest for each year in the timeline series, right? It, uh, depending on the, each brand, right? And then we'd go through the whole thing. Then we had the opportunity to double back. I didn't plan on doubling back until all of the series were full, but that gave us the opportunity, um, you know, after we did 1984 with Piper, to go back and get. 1984 from another worker's perspective the challenge there though is you don't want to duplicate the show so would we have to ask different questions cover different events that would have been the tough thing to work out we would anthony and i would have had to talk about how to do that that would have been the 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 challenge uh, you know to not have the same show Mm -hmm. okay here's another twitter question yay who do you okay how about this guy here chris korbelik Chris Carbolic and can you finally release that joke the Jake the Snake Jake the Snake footage footage that you have Yeah, well, this is good. You know what's good people at home? You get you get to learn a little bit about homeschooling here if you don't have kids. This is kind of what the days are all like here, going through reading and stuff. The Jake the Snake footage, um, yeah, maybe like as a special feature or something someday. I mean, there's not enough to sustain anything. But, you know, now that we have the channel, we're going to hopefully have some Casey Volt exclusives mm-hmm. uh, when the band gets back together yeah. and we start uh, making new material. So uh, that is definitely something that something that can happen. Of course. How about No J. Paul? You want to no read Jay him? Paul. Yeah. No J. Paul. No, J. Paul. J. Paul. Other than that time. Conan. Conan. Screwed. You on the. Deposit. Deposit. Who. Who were. Some other decent names you were close to interviewing who pulled out on you at the last second. There's a noteworthy one we covered it on this show the time I thought maybe uh, Greg and Vern Gagne were coming down. That was the plan to get yeah. uh, have Vern come down. Yeah. But he was too ill to uh, mm-hmm. uh, to get 
to get down here. Uh, the, the other one we had, there was no money uh, lost in this other than um, the crew, you know, uh, any contractors that lost the day's pay. Mm-hmm. But we had Sid Vicious booked to do an interview, and he pulled out on, uh, he uh, left his wallet at the airport. So, you know, yeah. you know, you hear stories about Sid. You hear stuff, you hear stuff, you hear, hey, say, you're booking Sid. Sid ain't coming. I mean, he comes somewhere. He goes somewhere. I see him. He's he's working some things. But for this particular weekend of us and a promoter and all this stuff, he left his wallet at the airport. Mm. So that was one I wish I would have had back. I had a, yeah, yeah, well, not nice for anyone who was going to do an interview with him. But, um, you know, hey, hey, what are you going to do? Dennis Law asks this. Go ahead. Talk into the mic. Who has... The corona- how has the coronavirus? How has the coronavirus changed? Changed y- your and you and your family. You and your family life so far is your city in lockdown. Lockdown is working. Working at home. A challenge. Challenge. Okay. So, um, I've been down here, what, like five, this will be like five weeks yeah. in Florida. As so, you know what? As soon as they closed my kids' school, right, up yeah. by me in Jersey, we, I said, you know what? Let's go. We went down to the Florida crib here yeah. and said, uh, let's hole up there. We thought maybe it was a week. We thought like a week, maybe, maybe two weeks. I heard some schools Probably. were closed for two weeks. Now it's like five weeks, right? So, mm-hmm. so you know the person to ask how it's been. You can ask Lana. How uh, answer uh, Dennis's question? How has it been down here since we can't had to come here for the coronavirus? Well, you can't really do anything. That's the thing. You really have to sit home. And... Yeah, this is not, But we we have fun here. Yeah, we do. We you, go in the pool. You have a really big pool. Yeah, yeah, a really big pool with a deep. Part of the pool. Yeah. yeah. And a part that you can stand in. Yeah, part that we can stand in always. But the stores do uh, the stores do uh, pick up here, right? So we yeah, can run out. Like Tar- Target, they... they Like Target, they uh, put it in your trunk. Yeah, that's great, they isn't it? They come that? out and put it in your trunk. I wish they you could do that all the time. But you can open your trunk, and then they can put it in your trunk. Absolutely. But you know what sucks, though? Homework, right? Yeah. Homework. I hate homework. Yeah. It's not even homework. It's like schoolwork that they give you. Yeah. But it's it's better than being there. Right. At least you get to chill here. But I met, yeah. bet you miss your friends. Yeah, I do. Except for there's probably a couple of bitches that aren't nice to you. Yeah. So You don't have to like, name names. We don't have to name names. Yeah. This, this goes out everywhere. You know, we don't need, we don't need them to. Uh, I need to sneeze. Okay, it went away. <laughs> Sometimes all you have to say is, I need to sneeze, and then it, it just doesn't happen. No. Um, okay. Let's see. Well, Mr. Sickness says, one more question. Would you ever consider being a guest on your own segments, F. Mary Kill, and What a Dick? I think it would be cool to see how you would answer. The next question I got on Twitter was from Found Objects. It says what? Sean, F. Mary... Kill. Kill? Mm-hmm. Okay. Cornette? 
Cornette. Russo. Russo. And Vince. Vince. All right. So here, this is the well, this is this is the easy one, right? And with a smiley face. With a smiley face. Um, Vince is the marry, obviously, right? Because you know that he could not have much longer, and uh, you know you just back the Brinks truck up there, uh, and you know, and maybe you'd get control of the company. Maybe you'd get to do with WWE whatever you want. You know that would be exciting. Oh boy! So that leaves the uh, the F and the marry. I I I could not imagine what it would be like to marry Jim Cornette, to be home all day and night with that. It's God. It's there was probably no break. Stacy's the greatest person alive. So um, he would he'd have to be the kill, and then uh, then the F would have to be a Russo kind of by default. And you know the fact that I'm straight, it all doesn't make sense anyway. Okay, how about Ben Jones? Ben Jones. Here we go. Tell me what Ben Jones has to say. Has? Horrible, as horrible. Horrible as the... Recent. Recent. Releases. From? WWE. WWE are... Who out of those released would you most want on the podcast? Mm-hmm. <sighs> That's a tough one. The the truth, anybody. I would I do this podcast with any of them. I would talk to I would talk to any of them. Um, it, it was when we had kayfabe commentaries and we were doing a re- the uh, doing new programming. We're booking people. That's when it got tough. When the recently released guys would get on because they were so guarded. They were always worried about you know pissing somebody off and just it's just such a an implied behavior how today's workers have to have to work and it's so very different from you know Afa Sika and Lou Albano uh of yesteryear I don't I I guess I don't recognize it so it's it's weird to me so it was a hard to to have those guys on those programs where you know fans are paying you know 15 or 20 dollars a pop for them to entertain for Two hours, you know, and I, and it was it was tough at times. Here, I'll talk to any of them. I'll talk to any of them on the podcast. Maybe even find an interesting one or two of today's contemporary workers. Maybe one more question here, Lana. What do you think? Yeah, one more question. We'll do one more. Okay. All right. Oh, you know what? Here's a good one. This is a good one here. This is a good one for you. Ready? Okay. This is from John. His uh, Twitter handle is the Tiki Garden. So, what does he ask? What? Are you top five attractions at Disney uh-huh. World? What are our top five attractions at Disney World, Lana? This is the perfect question to answer with you. Yes. Let's go. Let you tell one, I'll tell one, and we'll go back and forth. I'm going to go first. I love it's gone now, but I'm putting it on the list <gasps> because it's getting oh, no love. You know what I'm going to say, right? Yeah. What am I going to say? Uh, you know, uh, that it's the great movie ride. Yes, you're absolutely correct. I'm going to say the great movie ride. That was my favorite. They made some stupid fucking Mickey and Minnie car chase thing now. And I understand. I understand everything there now has to be movement and interactive and, you know, Universal always breathing down their neck. So everything's a thrill ride now. And couldn't just have these throwback rides like this. I, I liked the animatronics, the old school. I love the set building in, in that. Just the the environments that they physically constructed, the sets of those individual films that they spotlit on the great movie ride. But now 
It's all gimmickry. Sounds so old. My God. Tell me one of your favorites now, Lana. Let's get one. Uh, uh, I guess it is Small World. Small World. Okay. So that, now that's cool because that's an old school ride. I'm glad you like that. Yes. It's uh, because there's nothing like really like technologically advanced about the ride. It's still the little puppets doing the oh, dances. But go ahead. You can do another one. Uh, the Winnie the, the Pooh ride. Why do you like that one? That's a weird choice. Because it's just because of... That's another old school ride, you know? Yeah. Talk right into that mic so we could hear all your wonderful thoughts. So, because it is, like, with Winnie the Pooh and, like, you know, Tigger. Yeah. Tigger, it, like, when you go to the Tigger one... Yeah. I... I guess it hops. Oh, so you like the effects. You like the individual characters yes. there. That's good. Yeah. All right, and so we have one, three. One of, uh-huh. one of them is like this. Oh, see, with with podcasts, they can't see you, so you have yeah. to describe what you just so, did. So, like, you put your arms. <laughs> I know the part you're talking yeah. about. It's when Winnie leaves his body, right? He yeah. floats out of his body while he's asleep. Yeah, I like And it. it's a very goofy effect. Yeah, I like that one. So those three, okay, so that's that's three. Small World, Winnie the Pooh, and I put the great movie ride on there. I get to do another one, and that's the Carousel of Progress. And now, the last five years, every time I've been on it, it's broken down. The yeah. thing is antiquated. It's so old. The, 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 you can almost hear the nuts and bolts popping out of the damn thing. I'm waiting for the head to fall off of John, the main puppet that takes you through this whole thing. But um, but it's one of my favorites. It's always been. I like the old school stuff. You know, everyone loves Soren. You know, it's a big movie screen. It's a goddamn movie screen. I'm supposed to pop for that? Uh, we got one more uh, slot left to put on the top five Disney attractions, Lon. I'm going to let you pick it. Uh, could be at any park. Could be. Oh, I know it. I know your other favorite ride. You're not even thinking about it. What? Tower of Terror. Oh, yeah, that one. Why do you like Tower of Terror? It's really jumpy, and I love it. That's why I love it. It's very jumpy? Yeah. I like the part where you go up and down, up and down. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's like, I I know I, like, am scared after I go on. Yeah. I'm, like, shaking and everything, but I still love it. So innocent and beautiful when your daughter can say, I was scared, but now I love going up and down. And uh, and we're just talking about a ride, and, you, yeah. and you, know, you don't have to have a heart attack, right? Yeah. Oh, the beauty of being seven. Listen, everybody, more, more of this to come from the bunker. We'll be back next week. I'm trying to get the one a week, but you know what? People's schedules got crazy here. People were all over the place with the shutdown, and we got kind of knocked off track, but we're back on here. But uh, this has been a production of Sean Oliver Media. Did you know that this has been a production of Sean Oliver Media? Yeah. Music by the great Kevin McLeod. Yes. Licensed under a Creative Commons license. Yes. And tell everybody we will see you next, next week. week. Peace. Peace.